With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome to 11 on the Ice Overtime. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by Phil Bork and Dayan Kovacevic. Guys, a whole lot we talked about, and there's a whole lot that we can still talk about with the surprise that the Penguins are out of the playoffs, losing to the 24th seed Montreal. We got to touch on it a little bit. We can kind of dive deeper. Where was the biggest problem area for this team during this playoff run here? Where do we start, Jenna? <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of problems, a bunch of fires. It's almost like you look out your front door and there's four or five fires in the front lawn. Which one do I jump on first, right? Uh, I, I'm going to jump on just the heart and the passion that is usually there for these Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs. Listen, you're not always going to win. The execution isn't always going to be there. But at least your heart was there. At least you were all in, that mentality. I didn't see that. We can also go to the power play. That was probably the number one thing for me with all that skill. you got two Hall of Famers in Crosby and Malkin out there. You have arguably the best defenseman to ever put on the black and gold in Chris Letang. And a lot of times they don't even get a shot on net. It, it's befuddling for me. It's, it makes my, my head hurt to even think about it. Uh, but those were the two things for me. The heart and the power play were absolutely lacking in this series against Montreal. And I think one of the biggest questions was kind of just the scoring as a whole here. I mean, we didn't see any goals from Malkin. The only goal we saw from Jake Gensel was the empty netter right. at the end of that game. Dayan, kind of where were your biggest question marks from this team this series? Well, it, you know, it was the scoring, and that's with all due respect to Carey Price, who I think did remind everybody in this series that he is the most talented goaltender in the world, and people are not nuts, including the players themselves, when they vote him as being exactly that year after year. They see stuff that the rest of us don't. Uh, that said, I really felt like the Penguins focused a lot on defending. And that is understandable when you get back to 2016 and 2017. Every time the Penguins got in trouble, those, those championship teams, uh, Mike Sullivan rightly had them say, look, just defend. Stay, stay back, defend, be aggressive, but make sure that we're taking care of our own end. I didn't feel like Montreal needed to be adjusted to. Montre the, the Canadians weren't going to score on you. I felt like the Penguins needed to have all guns blazing toward generating offense. That was their only chance of succeeding, not just in this round, but also in, in subsequent rounds. They were a team that's built on front end, front line skill. And I don't feel like it was utilized in this series, but I'm also completely with Phil in the sense that it just wasn't there. It just wasn't, who knows why, but it wasn't the it, you know? And it's going to be really interesting to eventually, you know, when we hear from these guys kind of down the road here after they've had time to decompress and kind of think things through in a sense, you know, what they took away from all of it. There's also a lot of question marks kind of heading into next year. I know the knee-jerk reaction of everybody right now is, oh, you know, like we were kind of saying before, fire everybody, get rid of everybody. Obviously, that's not the case. But what are some of the concerns that you guys have kind of going into next season here? Yeah, and I think uh, that's kind of my message right away is, listen, the – the wound is raw um, and we need to let it heal a little bit so let's not let's not do that where we say fire that guy get rid of that guy buy that guy out get him out of here i think we need to all take a deep breath 
But to answer your question, what do we need? We need uh, players in the third and fourth line that are going to chip in offensively and give you that fire back, that fire in your belly. For me, I, I still think that the high-end guys in Crosby, Mock, and Latang, there's something left in the tank here. But they need that second and third wave of uh, guys that not only can chip in offensively, but are character guys in the room, guys that will be on the fourth line and pay that price physically to do all the, the kind of needless or the thankless jobs, I should say. Uh, I think that was lacking. That's been actually lacking for a couple of years for me. I thought they got it back a little bit, but it obviously wasn't there in the playoffs. Dan, in your opinion, you know, what are some kind of concerns heading into next season here? Well, the, the first one that I would have, I'm with Phil, by the way, on being patient, especially as it relates to the core. I know how strongly all the way down from Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle through the organization, they feel about keeping their superstars in Pittsburgh. They are not going to be lightly discarding anybody based on four games in August after a pandemic. And, and rightly so. You need to be smart about it. At the same time, I'm hoping, Jenna, for a training camp in which players show up essentially without numbers or names on their back. I want them to just be treated for what they show as opposed to who they are or who they've been. If that means that Sam Lafferty, Evan Rodriguez, Anthony Angelo, heck, I can go younger than that, Samuel Poulin, Nathan Legere, the two top picks from the last draft, if they show up and they knock people dead, they need to stay on that team and they need to play. The same way that John Marino worked his way onto that roster and held it, let's see them make the team and make a difference and play. Not to be held to any different standard because they don't have the name that somebody else might. Let's see the team get legitimately younger, better, fresher, faster, and more energetic. Day, and I'll stick with you as we start this final question here. Is Mike Sullivan's message getting through to these guys? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of intangibles and stuff thrown like that out. I, you know, I already gotten stuff from readers about like, oh, maybe they should have kept Rick Tockett as if that would have made a difference in this. I mean, it, what happened here is that a team that was too old was sent onto the ice. That's all. They didn't need to bring in Patrick Marlowe. They didn't need to get older. They had players in the fold who, if they would just trust and not necessarily prioritize, every single little mistake that they make you know i'm struck by you know lafferty scored a couple of goals in winnipeg you remember early on in the season looked great and then before long he was just sitting again you gotta let these kids play borky your thoughts is that message getting through agree disagree i don't think it is dan i don't think it's getting through the way it needs to get through uh, i know mike sullivan says i go to every practice i listen to sully in practices. I know he's saying the right mm -hmm. things. I also hear kind of through the grapevine what's being said behind closed doors. And by the way, what's, saying, what's being said behind closed doors isn't the same thing that we're getting when he's with the media. So let's get that crystal clear. Um, I, I don't right, think it's right, getting right. through. I don't, when I see that power play out there not shooting the puck and he harps and harps and harps for them to shoot the puck, uh, I, I don't see it. And the same guys making the same mistakes over and over and over again. I don't think that message is cl crystal clear. Uh, I know he's saying the right things, but the players, I don't think they're absorbing it. And you have to question, are the consequences there? Are they still there for Mike Sullivan if players are not heeding his words 
that might be a question for to be answered in the near future. It'll be interesting to see that and it'll be interesting to kind of see what this next season holds. We're going to snap our fingers. It'll be here before we know it. Starting with the draft lottery Monday night, will Alexi Lafreniere be coming to the Penguins? <laughs> Guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. Thanks so much for joining us on 11 on the Ice Overtime. For Dan Kovacevic and Phil Bork, I'm Jenna Harner. Have a great night.